0: Welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Grimes, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, healing, and living in alignment with the highest truth of who you actually are. I know that you pushing play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. So with that said, let's get this party started. Hello, welcome back to So She Is. I am so grateful for you being here and for pushing play today. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Are we moving and grooving today? If it's morning, good morning. If it's evening, good evening. And if it's afternoon, good afternoon. Whatever you are, wherever you are, whoever you are, I hope today is off to a great start. I am just still riding this fiery, wave that is within me, this new energy of 2023. I feel like so many people are feeling it, just feeling fired up for it. I know I dyed my hair red and it's having a big impact on my personality and everything that I am. I don't believe I've talked about that. So I did dye my hair red and it has given me a whole new personality. I used to be a Taurus and now I'm an Aries. Um, I'm just kidding. I think I say that in this interview too. So if you hear it twice. It's just cause it's how I feel. I feel like I'm literally a fire sign now, and I just have this. <clears throat> excuse me. I just have this like, oh, this surge within me, and I'm so excited to take on this day, to take on this year, and for everything that is to come. We, we, or as in me, I <laughs> have been having a lot of success on TikTok as of late, both on the So We Are Silent Disco account and on my personal account, Katie Grimes. And it's been so fun. Um, So if you don't, go check out Katie Grimes on TikTok. I dyed my hair red and I did not tell a single soul because I just wanted it to be something that I was doing for myself. And it was something that felt like manic and fun. It was thought out. I mean, I knew I was gonna do this for a while, but just keeping that secret to myself and keeping it between me and Kenzie, the girl who does my hair, she's also my sister-in-law. I don't know why I called her the girl, but (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm recording this intro a little late at night and I'm just in a silly goofy mood, but I kept it between me and Kenzie and she, we didn't tell anybody. So then when I came home, it's always been Curly's dream, my wife, that I would have red hair. And I recorded her reaction and I put it on TikTok and it has over 1.4 million views. So if you would like to go add to my view count, please go check out Katie Grimes on TikTok. Also give me a follow on Instagram and that is where I'm going to be posting most of the podcast update. I'm kind of canceling the So She Is podcast. It just feels like another account to run that's just like we could hit all of it. Over on Katie Grimes. So, for podcast updates, make sure you follow my personal account if you follow the So She Is podcast. And then for So We Are updates, Silent Disco, follow So We Are underscore Silent Disco on Instagram and on TikTok. It means the world, and followers help just expand and get So We Are in front of the more eyes of people. And the opportunities coming are coming, and I am just so excited for them. But enough about me. Today's guest is truly such a gift. I feel incredibly blessed and lucky to have shared this conversation with him. Sean felt like he was like channeling from just a beautiful, clear place. Like, wow, like his wisdom. I had chills the entire time. My jaw was on the floor. I honestly felt like I was just like letting him preach and I was just holding the space for it because it was so beautiful. Everything he said was just so incredible. And I'm so excited to be sharing this with you all. And so be sure to go follow Sean at all of his Instagrams, support him and everything he's doing because he is the sign that there is good in the world still, that there is hope for the world. And I just Again, cannot express how lucky I feel to have had him on the pod. He is actually the first of this new segment I'm going to try to start. And that is integrating people who come to So We Are Silent Discos who maybe seem just like typical and bringing them in and letting them share their story on the pod because literally everybody has a story everybody has these gifts, these amazing things about them. And I just want to connect deeper with the So We Are community and connect deeper and learn about these stories that are quote unquote normal people. But like Sean is not a normal person. He is so freaking incredible. And I'm sure there's so many other people who come to So We Are's that have these amazing stories. And I know they are out there because at the end of So We Are's, we pass the mic around if anybody has anything to share and people share. And so I'm so excited to start to expand this community to the podcast, to share these incredible humans who I get to spend Sundays with and their stories and their journeys and their lessons and their life and their wisdom. And this is the first of many. And so I hope you enjoy it. Be sure to leave a review, tag us on Instagram, all the fun things. Send me a text. If you loved it, please give Sean all the love. If you can just like DM him, however, connect with him and let him know how much this episode means to you because I know it will. And it's just so nice to receive the feedback. Um, When you put yourself out there vulnerably like this, which he did, and this isn't his job to podcast, it's not anything. And he just... Did this out of the kindness of his heart, and I feel so lucky. So, without further ado, here is Sean Matarazzo. Hello, Sean. How's
1: How are you doing? Going? I'm
0: doing It's good. going well.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm so the happy. Hair,
1: the hair is fire, too, by the way. Just, I'm just putting it out there. Jules told me the other day, I was like, oh, I didn't see it, um, but it looks really good.
0: Thank you. I, yeah. uh, with changing my last name, I was just like, you know what? I've been blonde my whole life. I had that last name my whole life. So, let's just. 180. Yeah, <laughs> i like it everything.
1: i like it change is Me good too. thank change you curly great.
0: also got an undercut I, oh
1: i liked her i liked her uh the video response too that was that was dope that was yeah, pretty
0: good 1.4 million views so far are you serious i handle the fame she's like i'm done i'm out <laughs> <laughs> it was an unexpected blow i love
1: it i love it you guys are I, cute Thank you.
0: (laughs) I was, um, so before this interview, I was like, I wanted to learn more about you than what I knew on like our, it's like a brief, but deep relationship we have so far. Mm -hmm. And I saw, are you, is your birthday April 29th? 28th. I'm April 28th.
1: Are you serious?
0: I am. I'm no, born... you're
1: not. You're lying. Because I
0: was like, oh my gosh. I like when your birthday post was on April 29th. I was like, I wonder if. <laughs> that is That's crazy. so crazy. That's why we get That's along. That's crazy.
1: That is why we get along. What year are you born? May I ask?
0: Yeah. You can, you can edit that out. No, 90s? it's okay. 97.
1: <laughs> 97? Like yeah. 97? Like oh,
0: 97.
1: <laughs> oh my God. 75.
0: Well, we're pretty much like twin
1: We're we're like there. We're right
0: there. We're right there. there. That's
1: dope. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I love, we'll have That's awesome.
1: That's funny. We have a a party. We We have a little celebration. Yeah. I love that. A sober one, but yeah, for sure.
0: Let's do it. Yeah. But speaking of Instagram, your Instagram is extremely inspiring and honestly, just how you show up is really inspiring. And that's why I wanted to have you on today. (laughs) And so I guess we'll just start by saying, like me asking, like, who did you have to be to become this version of who you are today? Because it seems like your life has been this journey. Even if you just go through the first Instagram post to the top, you haven't posted Mm -hmm. a ton. But just through that journey alone, I'm like, there's a lot here. (laughs) And so you just dove into that.
1: So I think from the first post was really embracing my queerness, um, really like understanding um, and really kind of just because I, I pass, you know what I mean? Like I'm a trans man, but I pass as a man. And even when I was identifying as a lesbian woman, I still passed as a man. So um, really just stepping into what that role as a trans man is, and believe me, I'm still figuring it out daily, um, but just really honoring the fact that I am queer and representing that very well um, is, is what I've been kind of posting about lately, kind of, I, I don't think I did it on purpose, um, but it was very important to me because um, I was in a relationship prior to Jules that kind of catapulted that for me. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I'm representing myself and not running or trying to hide myself any longer,
0: mm, basically I <laughs> feel that on a deeper level than you probably know. I, and there's so many questions that could come from that, but I guess that takes an immense amount of, of bravery, of authenticity, of self-awareness. Um, how have you found that within yourself? Is there any active things that you do to like remind yourself of that? Or is it just like a practice of choosing or because I know people are so uncomfortable with
1: themselves well, oftentimes? You know what it's funny? I think now that I'm older, um, being an elder queer person, I'm embraced, you know, I run into a lot of, especially being a barber, I run into a lot of younger queer people and I, I meet a lot of people that are, are still frightened of being themselves, of, you know, especially trans men. A lot of my trans brothers are like, I'm, I don't tell people that I'm trans. I just, I'm a man. And that's that. And for me, it's like, I've spent so much time being in the closet <laughs> that now that I'm out, I refuse to go back in there because it can be such a dark place. And when you're trying to conform to everyone's um, idea of what coming out should be or being out and representing, I'm like, you know what, I just have to resent, represent my, myself for myself the best way I know how. Um, so the first time I ever really like just came out and said what it is that I identify as, like me as a person, I was at a gym where most uh, trans people folk would like be afraid to just say, I I hired a trainer to teach me how to box. And I'm like, I'm a trans man, and I'm not on T. So my body operates a little bit differently, um, which means I still have, you know, female organs and hormones and all of those things. And it would play a role in how I need to be trained. But I'm like, how is that person going to train me well if i don't completely be honest with who i am inside um so just saying that out loud was like such a big deal and this guy is literally like all right and he's been my trainer ever since you know so it's been just having that like feeling of relief like everything's okay like i can be accepted not everybody is going to treat you like you know you're a strange freak, or you know like you know, how it was back in the day when you're first coming out. It's it's different. It's a lot different now.
0: Oh, I I am the most like privileged queer person there is, and <laughs> I, there's like I mean even at our wedding we read the um, the amendment of when like Justice Kennedy declared that like all marriage is equal. And because it's just so important to honor everybody who made that possible. Because you're right, it, it's not always been this like fluffier world where it's, it, there's a nice little pillow when you land, right. Um, right? And it's a lot more fluid of a world as well, right. like not as right. binary. And so, yeah. How long ago was it that you came out as trans?
1: Um, I actually came out as trans in 2019. Uh, June of 2019, I took my first shot. And it was a very conscious decision. Like it was it, it not that it wasn't a decision. I always felt the chest dysphoria. I always felt because it's the way I navigate. You know, I was a father, I was married, you know, in a relationship where I just behaved as the man figure. Um, So I really all, always knew who I was. I just didn't know it was okay. And because I was older, I was like, I don't need to do that. It's fine. But then I started seeing myself in the mirror and I just was never happy. You know, I was never, I wasn't, just wasn't happy in my skin. And even when I took my first uh, t shot, it wasn't like, oh my God, you know, balloons and confettis coming from the ground, but, or coming from the sky. But when I, when I actually had top surgery was when I really stepped into my my character like who I am which has been awesome ever since the level of confidence has been unreal
0: I it radiates (laughs) off of you you are you are a contagious human being and (laughs) I just feel so lucky that I got to know you so when did you tell me about mad love society Tell me about your barber history and just like, because I feel like they all mesh and I feel like this trans journey also plays a big role. Mm -hmm. Um, And so lay it all out there.
1: So, okay. So I, I became a barber because I used to work for Walmart. I worked for Walmart for 12 years. I worked from the ground up. I started as an overnight stalker, made it to being a store manager and it was cool until it wasn't because, you know, same thing there. Like I like to wear ties. I like to be myself. And it was one of those kind of constricting roles. And I hated that part. I just really couldn't be myself. And I felt bound. Um, so uh, I allowed things to take place and I ended up losing, blessfully losing my job there. And I was at a point where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some things. So I'm like, I'm gonna go to barber school. And my partner at the time was like, No, you're not. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that because I know I'm capable of running a business and I'm capable of managing myself to make the money that I want to make, doing something creative and fun. And I want to meet people because I was quite the introvert at the time. Um, So I did enroll in barber school. I started going to a barbershop and I have a friend there that actually talked me into doing this. Um, But as soon as I started cutting hair, I was like, wow, I should have been doing this the whole time. I love cutting hair. It's just, I don't know what it is about standing behind the chair that just makes you feel liberated. You're just, because you're you're starting to gain this like intimate relationship with the person that's in your chair, because this is my space. I don't know if you could see like my space. I've created this whole, you know, vibe in here where it's all me. You're surrounded by all things that are me. And when you're in my space, you're in my zone. So I get to talk to you, but I'm inviting you. I'm welcoming you here. And we become friends, like most of my clients I've had for three plus years. Wow. And yes, I do take on new clients, but I've built relationships with these people. And majority of my clients are cisgender men, which is super cool, because they've seen me transition throughout the years, which is even more like, amazing. Um, But Mad Love Society happened, because I was talking to somebody in my chair, I was like, Oh, I want to I want to do something cool with being a barber because I feel really blessed in my life. I feel like I've overcome all my bad days and I've had some really cool breaks. And uh, I know how hard it is to be out there and be on your own and feel like the world is against you. But it's really not like that. There are helping hands along the way. You just got to pay attention. Um, So I wanted to kind of create something that could cater to that. So. Um, I did an event with a group called the Humble Project. They're out here in Long Beach, um, and they do just that. They do haircuts for foster kids, homeless, um, all kinds of different groups. Um, But I wanted to do my own type of thing. So I collabed with the, uh, the, uh, the founder of Humble Project, and then my friend mentioned going to Orangewood. And Orangewood is a foster care center in Santa Ana. Uh, So I worked with Orangewood for, I don't know, maybe like three years of being a barber. Um, And I've done events probably every quarter with them until COVID happened. And then COVID happened and it was like, that's when things started to change for me because I was now stepping into my queerness. And I had never done anything for the queer community. I'm like, this is a community that I represent, but I'm not doing anything for them. I'm doing things for all Types of kids, but I was like, I really want to do something that is very queer focused so people know that it's okay being who you are in your skin like you're all right, no matter where what level you're at like no matter, you know if you're hurting or whatever like there are people out here willing to put their arms around you and embrace you for exactly what you are right at this moment, even if it's what you feel would be the darkest stage. Um, so, and hair, I feel like does that. I mean, you know how you feel you got your hair done. You know what I mean? How amazing is it when you get to like, and develop this change, you're looking at yourself like, Oh my God, like I look amazing. And then you go home and your wife sees you and she's like, Oh my God, you look amazing. It's ridiculous. You know? And so people, when you show them the mirror and you get to celebrate that with somebody, I know how powerful the haircut is. It's not just a haircut. It's something so much bigger. So, Preston, who is with Mad Love Society, he works with me all the time and I have a couple, a couple other friends who have been with me from the beginning. It was just a matter of just staying on the street and keep trying to find outlets where we could continue to grow Mad Love into what it's becoming. And hopefully where it's headed, it's going to be the most amazing thing that people would ever even see. That's and what the
0: plan. Do you, what, what, what do you see it becoming?
1: So... Well, at first I wasn't sure, you know what I mean? At first it was just this, I just want to help. I just want to help somebody, you know what I mean? I just want to get back. So we started with like eight barbers. And then the last event that I did, not the ones here in Long Beach, but the last one that I did before COVID, we had 20 barbers and stylists on deck. So that's huge. You know what I mean? And not only did we have stylists, we had DJs and dancers and food people that wanted to come and like hang out. So I was like, I really want to collab with all kinds of people. So when I moved to Long Beach, it was like, I'm around the queerest folk possible. So I know we can probably do a lot of queer collaborations here, which has been quite the journey. So ultimately, what I would like to do here in Long Beach is to open a school for queer barbers. So because when you think about what barber schools are, I feel like if you're really confident in who you are, you can survive what I would quote unquote called like the broiness around barber school. It's very like, it's just different. It's very, it's it's very masculine, super traditional. I don't see a lot of queer folk coming in there openly, you know, and I want to create a space. Not, and I'm not talking about stylists. There, you know, there's queer stylists everywhere, but barber school is different. You're dealing with a certain type of cutting hair. And I don't see a ton of queer youth going through these channels to like learn how to get their license. So this is something that I want to offer kids. Like I want to give them a platform where they can stand in their assertion and in their confidence behind the chair and give the same gifts that I'm giving. Because I feel like people learn how to trust you when you're behind the chair. They learn how to become your friend. They learn how to become I don't know, man. It's just, it's like bridging the gap between us and them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just feel like we, it's a way to like create inclusivity.
0: Mm,
1: So that's, that's the goal. Do
0: you have any like fun stories about gender affirming haircuts or anything that's just like moved you? Because I feel like, again, hair plays such a crazy Role that you don't think about, but like I said earlier, I was going through an identity crisis and I went red, but now I feel like I mean, you know, we're Taurus. yeah. I literally look really nice. I'm like, I'm an Aries now, like, I am literally on (laughs) fire, like, I no one can stop me. And I feel like this red hair has done something to my identity. So, I'd love to have any stories you have that like correlate
1: totally. I mean, even if you know, whether you're, I do have quite a few uh queer clients as well. And uh, I think the most liberating thing for me is having, I don't know what it is about, um, specifically, I have a, a, a couple of lesbian clients that come, they have the long hair, and they're like gradually making this change over time, right? So I have, I've had this client that I had since I started. I used to work at this shop in Orange County. Um, Their name at the time, um, they identified, obviously, they were female. Um, And it was just this. It started with just the undercut, you know? And it's like, it was kind of cool for me because her dad would bring her to the shop and let her do whatever she wants. She wants designs, she's going to get designs. I'm like, cool. So I did that for a year. We just gradually just cut the back. I do a cool little design and she thanked me and go on her way. And, uh, I think it was probably two years ago where they came to me and they said, okay, I'm going to cut all the way to the top and just leave like the man bun thing going on. I'm like, okay. And I already knew I was like, oh, this is coming off. I know it's coming off. I could just feel their energy. And just the more time, you know, the more times they would come, the more excited they would get at the cut and then just seeing themselves. So we did the man bun thing. That was one time. And then they came back around and uh, we cut it very, very short, undercut, like a little comb over. And then they were seeing themselves with the short hair. So it's almost like you can see, and I know how that feels because I had very long hair at the time. It was down to my butt when I was a kid. So when they saw themselves, with the short hair, it was almost like they can see themselves as the man they wanted to be. Mm. And now Wes, um, he just graduated from high school. He is on T. He just had top surgery. I mean, this kid is like, and he tells me all the time, he's like, you're such an inspiration to me. I don't even think I could have taken the steps, talking to my parents, talking to my sister, and just embracing the love that comes to me if I hadn't continued to see you doing your thing and being open about what it is to be trans too. So I think Wes is probably my favorite story because I watched him grow over the course of four years. Wow.
0: I have so many chills. That is so (laughs) incredible. I I do want to chat just about transness because I feel like it is something that is misunderstood to an extent. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so unnecessarily controversial when we think of sports when we think of a lot of things Mm -hmm. when I think about trans I personally think it is the most Mm -hmm. radical act of self-love you could ever do because you're doing Mm -hmm. it for no one other than yourself which which to me is mind-boggling like Mm -hmm. in a way of like if you if if the people that were judging had just just like a Quarter ounce of the courage and bravery it took to be true to yourself. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what the debate is. Right. But I'd love to just hear any thoughts you have, whether it be about what it means to be trans or what you feel is misunderstood about trans, just like speaking on transness in a light that's not portrayed by me- the media.
1: I think. Um... Man, that's a loaded one. (laughs) (laughs) Take it. Yeah, that's a big one. I think um, being trans for me, like I, and I have to say this again being an older trans member, um, your mind does have to be right. Like you have to be in a very solid place of healing, I think, first before you embrace not to make the decision, because it's not a decision. Who you are is who you are. I always felt that that was a man in here. I always felt it. Um, any role that I played, I felt it. But I wasn't so confident up here to be in that role, to understand what it was to walk as a man in this world, because this world is vicious. Um, but I think that you really have to like take care of your mind, your mental health prior to starting the process um so sometimes for me it it brightens me a little bit when there are youth members out there that are making these choices It like it it scares me a little bit just because i know how hard it is just to exist you know what i mean so when i watch youth members um go through trans, trans life going through the transition you already know how many changes you're gonna go through as a youth period, let alone, you know, walking into a gender transformation, it's it's very tough. So I would say if you have, first, if you have a, just in honoring yourself as a person, if you're a youth member, I wasn't. If you're a youth member that is just, has a lot of support wrapped around you, you're in therapy, I think is essential. Um, because I think just talking about what it is that you're going to face and being prepared for what that is, because you gotta stand really strong in it. You know what I mean? It's like you, you gotta own it. and it's not always that easy. And I think that's why we lose a lot of people. Um, and I think just having an open dialogue about how we are to, because even me saying it, how someone else transition is none of my business also. Mm um I think that is all there's no script to it like when I started transitioning I was like I have to go on T I have to do these things I have to grow facial hair but then I'm like I don't like facial hair I don't really <laughs> want to be on T I'm not really a competitive guy I'm more of a soft guy you know what I mean and just identifying what type of man I really had to be it had nothing to do with anybody else but I was making it about how other people transitioned so I had to stop that so this is why I say like you have to be really confident about what type of man am I trying to be, me, without anybody else being around? It's just me in this world existing. How do I want to represent? Because I think that's important to be asking yourself at every age, because you are going to change. What type of young man am I going to be? What type of adult man am I going to be? What type of father am I going to be in this transition? Because it all will change. And it just I think if your mental mind, if you're not up here right, it's you're gonna you're gonna have a rough time. I th- you know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be rough. I don't think. And I think if other queer folk embrace that with each other, also kind of cut us some slack of how that's supposed to look, because sometimes I hear things. Well, what are your pronouns? And I'm like, I don't like that to be the first thing. Like, my name is Sean. Yes, I identify as he him not they or them, it's just he, him. But there was a period there where I was like, I don't know yet what that's supposed to look like. And that puts a lot of pressure and causes anxiety. And it's just, we just have to handle each other with grace, I think. We just, you know, we gotta just take it easy on each other and just allow people just to be on their personal journey. But we also have to love and support everybody without coddling them also, if that makes sense. You know, I don't want to like stop someone from growing, but these are the things I would love to share with youth members. Like these are the things I experienced. This is what I would suggest if you're going down this road um, to make sure these things are in check, you know, just check in with the mental health professional, check in with a nice, a really solid endocrinologist that could talk to you about hormone levels and what that's going to feel like um what's going to happen to your body having top surgery what that's going to feel like because even though I was so happy about it it was devastating at the same time because it was a part of me that I had to detach from Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because I carried it for so long even though I wanted it gone it was still like oh my god what what just what did I what did I just do you know what I mean so there were there were all these things and I'm a grown person I I have a great Uh, a way of like handling my stressors and, you know, I meditate on all that other stuff, but it still played with me. So I can't even imagine being a teenager or a young adult trying to do all those things and deal with this, this craziness of a world we have. So I think those would be like the biggest points for me to just share about trans journey.
0: Wow. You mentioned the word safety in it it made me think of a lot and it made me think of how you carry yourself. How have you cultivated safety in a world that to just like most people feels unsafe, but especially to someone who is trans?
1: I mean, I think for me, I'm, I'm lucky because I do pass. So I just, I float out there when I think of like trans women that don't pass necessarily. I have fear for them, you know, because sometimes I feel like there should be a lot of communication about just identifying yourself to the world and that's why I do it. I don't like it's not like, "Hi my name is Sean, I'm a trans man." I don't do it that way, but if someone is speaking on queerness, you know, someone's in my chair and they're speaking on queerness, I will speak up. I am not so quiet. Um whereas before I would just I would stand behind the chair and I would be silent. Mm-hmm. And so the silence is gone. You know what I mean? So I try to make sure that when I'm out there representing that I'm not hiding. I mean, not, like I said, I don't, I go to queer functions. I am, I'm at Pride. I posted on my Instagram. I am not hidden. Am I wearing rainbows all day long? No, um, because that's not the only thing that's about me and that's important too. Um, but I don't stay quiet. Mm-hmm. I do I do speak up, you know, in any if it's I'm talking to a cisgender person, I do speak up. if if someone is having conversation and it might be tough, it might be uncomfortable. But I still have I love hearing people's perspective how do you feel about it. I always, you know, I'll tell them that must come from a place of trauma. And like you must because for me, hate, hate is not you're not burst with that your birth with love and then you get taught hate as you grow and uh, so I try to handle people with compassion when they have feelings around you know queer folk I just I'm like oh I'm sorry you feel that way I'm sorry you were taught that way
0: mm-hmm. and then I
1: do my spiel like I have people that have sat in my chair for years and had no idea that I was a trans man until I start talking about it they're like you're trans and that's their re- that's their reaction I'm like did it change anything about me to you and they're like no In fact, and they go on and on. I've had men tell me that I'm an excellent representation of a father figure. I'm an excellent representation of a man figure. I'm like, that blows my mind to me. That like, I think to me being trans, I think that represents even deeper than just representing like four other queer folk is that I can also represent a cisgender man growing up in the world without a father. Do you know what I mean? Because I do have two stepsons, and I think that actually like hits me harder. Mm-hmm. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that <laughs> with your concept of which I fully believe. And I mean, it's just a universal truth that you are born with just pure love. You're born out of love, and then you come with love and learn hate. Has that been your personality your whole life? Or is that is that a, I mean, is that a in itself?
1: I mean, I think you know very well that Tauruses are, and I always speak on this, that we, you know, we uh I'm very passive for the most part. I don't like to be prodded too much because I know what comes from that. So I because I know that about myself, I really take time to like analyze someone's bigotry. Um and I have been hurt a lot in my life. And I try to, even with a broken heart, I'll still try to look at the person and be like, you know what, even now, I get mad, I do get mad. I do allow myself to be angry, but the, the rationale piece of it is that they learn how to behave that way. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were triggered into that type of behavior, just like myself, I'm not perfect. I have been, I've done, made a lot of mistakes in my life. And in order for me to have compassion and and forgiveness for myself, I also do that for other people because I do want that. I want forgiveness. I want people to show me compassion. So therefore, then I also have to do the same for others. And that is a daily practice. You know, I try not to operate in judgment, even if I don't agree with what you're saying. I listen. You know, I try to like have perspective. I try to just be open because I want that for myself too. I want you to embrace me just the same way as I'm embracing you. And I think being behind the chair has allowed me to do that a lot more um, because it, it gives me the opportunity to do so. You're in my chair, you know what I mean? You're bound by, you have to listen to me, you're in my chair. You, I, you got, got you for 45 minutes to an hour. But I think I've, I've, over time, I think I've just really crafted the art of compassion. Um, I think it's a powerful thing. And I don't think that we do it enough for anybody. Um, I think, you know, we just get caught up in our own stuff sometimes, you know, and that's just very easy to do. So, no, I wasn't always this way. But I think through some really big heartbreaks, I learned how to do that because otherwise I'd walk around very angry all the time. And that's just no way to be. I mean, I. I will tell you this one particular story that happened to me in um, here in Long Beach. I was very surprised about it because Long Beach is the mecca of queer to me, aside from like, you know, big cities like San Francisco. But I love the diversity of Long Beach. Um, I was doing a sound bath, a very important sound bath. It was my first one that I've ever done. And I felt so free and I felt um, very like just my heart was just open and wide. And I just could feel so much energy at the end of this thing. On the outside of this room, I could hear like just riff raff, just a lot of chuckling. And it was 420, as a matter of fact, it was this last Earth Day. And uh, so there were three gentlemen outside making all this noise and we just had to kind of embrace it into the room, like make it a part of the meditation while the music was playing. And while um, Jules was actually playing the bowls this day, we just started dating. So at the same time, I'm like, when this situation happened, I was like, I have to really (laughs) channel like my inner calmness, which was very difficult because when this person spoke to me the way he did, I wanted to just, oh man, I can't even explain how angry I was. Um, But I came out of the class and he was like, what is this trans yoga? And the comment itself was just pitiful to me. I was just like, how sad, you know, like this guy. And the whole time I'm walking, I'm just like, he, obviously he's comes from a place. He comes from a time where, or or from a household that taught him that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went back into the room and I'm, already puffy chested my face is red I know how I look I wear it on my face you know when I'm upset and then he hogged the sidewalk and wouldn't let me walk by and I was like I will never ever let anybody stop me from walking on the sidewalk ever I don't care who you are so I just calmly just walked the sidewalk without stepping off I'm going to do my thing I'm trying to clean things up there are a ton of people coming out of this room and I'm like if I respond to him, there are a lot of things that could go wrong here. There could be a fight. There, could, He could have a weapon. Anything could happen. And I'm like, I have to protect all these people. And I just met Jules and like, oh, my God, that's a lot of pressure too. Like, I don't want to behave out of sorts. You know, I don't want to resort back to who I was when I was a kid, which I was ready to fight if I was called any kind of name. And um, I just held my head up. And I've represented what it was to be queer in that moment. Like, I'm not gonna let you intimidate me just because you're uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm very confident in who I am. And I think um, that was the first time I took something home and I embraced what it was to be like superiorly queer. Like I am, I'm here, man. Like I'm not going away, but I'm so, so sad that you felt like you had to do that because you were hurt. Because a lot of things come to mind for me when those, that kind of hate comes up. I'm like, who hurt you? Who did it? It wasn't me, but who did it? And I'm so sorry that if there was somebody out there in the queer community that hurt you, I am not that person, but I'm here to show you that I will never be that person either. And we don't all represent that way. Whatever it was, however it was that you were hurt in, that moment allowed me to just embrace others that way because hate is going to exist. Hate is always going to exist. And if I rise to that, I'm only being hateful too. And we're never going to accomplish, you know, the love is love thing if we continue to get angry back. Mm-hmm. And I, I refuse to do that. I refuse.
0: I feel like you need to like mic drop in it, like just like a s- slow <laughs> clap it out. <laughs> That was an awesome story. I have just to love this conversation, Sean. I have one last little thing that I ask anyone that comes on associates yeah. and that is what is one piece of advice that you need to give to yourself right now?
1: Just to stay true, man, no matter what. No matter what like no matter who I come across or what avenue I take or or whatever it is i do in the outside world that i'm always looking at myself as as authentic as i can be because i know what it's like to not be i know what it's like to conform i know what it's like to people please and it has to come from me first i have to make sure that i'm honoring my heart and my soul and my mind first and foremost or i will never do good out there
0: amazing and that's it. <laughs> okay plug yourself away tell everybody where they can find you how they could get their <laughs> haircut with you or work with mad love society plug it yeah. on
1: okay so if you're looking for a new haircut or hairstyle i'm located in signal Hill, uh 2042 cherry avenue uh, you can find me on madrazorsites.com um, to make an appointment you can find my instagram sean underscore Matarazzo, or you could find me on our nonprofit mad love society where we are doing free haircuts for those in need. Um, so yeah, please join us anytime. You can hit me up anytime I work seven days a week.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Sean. And we'll see you in the next episode.
1: Thank you for getting. I appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at so she is underscore podcast to let us know your takeaways. If you could, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts help us build, grow, and expand this to anyone it needs to reach. I am so grateful for you listening and giving me your time and energy, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. I love you. Bye.